0: Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Josh. I want to officially welcome you guys and gals out to another YouTube live of yours truly. Hope you guys are doing exceptional. I know it's late. I know some of y'all is like, man. See, Coach. I know he was a slickster. I knew he. I knew I should hit that notification bell because I knew Coach was going to pull one of these late night live Q and A editions. But uh, I was. My goal was to do a live Q and A, but I took me a good three hour nap. Took me a mini sleep, so I wasn't able to do my Q and A earlier. But I'm back now. I want to give you guys an opportunity to come in. What's up, Jennifer Gilman? What's going on? Give you an opportunity to come in. I'll spend about 30 minutes with y'all, 30 to 30, 35 minutes with you guys um, to answer you guys' questions. Uh, but if you're watching this for the very first time, I want to welcome you. My name is Josh Rezzi, also known as Coach Josh, and I'm here to help you uh, grow holistically for God's optimal use and help you make sense of your life. Um, you have a purpose here. And it's my goal to help you find it, but you won't be able to find your purpose until you know the person, and that's the man, Christ Jesus, and his precious spirit, the Holy Spirit. So, But if you've been rocking with me for a long time, I want to say thank you all so much for always tuning in, for listening, uh, for commenting, for sharing, for supporting, um, and all that good stuff. I just want to say thank you. Um, and if you're watching later on YouTube, uh, listen later on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Spotify, I want to say thank you uh, for, uh, for listening on those streams. And I hope the content I've been giving for the last decade or so has been a blessing to you. But for those who's coming in, you see the video's kind of long, the time stands for every question that's asked today. Will be below. Let me go to the chat box. See who's all here, and greet everyone. Jennifer, what's going on? Andrew, love, what's going on? I know it's late. I know, I know some of y'all was just, just, just about to close your eyes, but Coach said, mm, "Gotcha." What's going on, favorite one? Net duo what's going on? Liz, what's going on? CC Armor, what's going on? Kanisha Davis, how you feeling? I'm fine. That 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 you're. Thank- I'm fine. Thank you for asking. You so welcome. jd what's up, family? Hey, what's going on, Natalie? What's going on? Oh. Uh I love your teaching that God gets the glory. He gets the glory for every time I teach. It's an honor to serve y'all through the gift that he's given me and I pray is anointed and is destroying yokes in your life and helping you grow. Thanks, you're so welcome, Natalie. First time here? We're glad to have you, Natalie. We're glad to have you. Thank you for joining us for the CC. If 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 this was just for just Natalie for for her to be her first time, it's an honor. Tiontana, what's going on? How you fluent? Thanks for your time. You're so welcome. <clears throat> first question. Let's get right into it. Jared says, Hey coach, I'm 20 and I feel like the days are just too short and I'm overwhelmed about doing enough for the Lord in my lifetime. I feel like I'm doing nothing and don't know what to do specifically. No problem, Jared. That's a great question. And first off, you're 20. Um, yes, tomorrow's not promised, but you do have youth. <clears throat> and the beautiful thing about youth is that you can maximize it greater than someone that's older. Now, people who are older are probably more wise and probably have seen things and have gleaned gleaned from life and have applied it in their day-to-day life, but there's nothing wrong. There's nothing there's no need to be overwhelmed. And I can understand because I was just like you when I was 20, minus all the technology, of course, minus all the uh, access to uh, uh, gadgets and resource that helps you really do the work of the Lord in a major way. But I wouldn't be discouraged. Um, this is your opportunity to uh, reel in your zeal. Increase in wisdom and live. <clears throat> Most people they want to do so much for the Lord at 20, but they real they fail to realize that the, that you get ma- God gets maximum fruit out of your life when zeal is mixed with wisdom. It's very it's pointless to be zealous for God, but, but messy with, with the things of God. What I mean by that, you have a lot of zeal, but you don't have enough wisdom. And and and, and at this time in your life, the best thing the advice I can give you, my friend, <clears throat> excuse me, is to is to ask God for accountability and for a mentor, someone that can guide you, someone that can lead and guide you in, in the physical world through his precious spirit as in them to help you understand that life is full. And you have to trust God for every day and you have to trust God that he will guide you through modules that were trying you. My friend, I've been doing this ministry stuff since I was 21 years old and look where I'm at now. It took about 12 or so years just to get to where I'm at now, but I'm so thankful that my twenties was hidden. That even though I was Productive for God, but my twenties were so hidden that 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 God kept me from getting big too fast, from accelerating too fast, and I'm so thankful that I I didn't get well known five years ago, seven years ago, but I'm glad that I learned so much that now I have a good frame of mind when it comes to ministry. So, hey coach, I'm 20 and I feel like the days are just too short and I'm overwhelmed. The only reason why the days feel short is because of technology. The hours are are the same as they were 60 years ago. It's just technology makes things go faster. If you slow your life down, and take your time through life to gain wisdom and just get to know God, man, you'll begin to feel the heaviness of your day and the the, the lift of your day being greater than looking on people's pages and seeing what all these people doing for the Lord at their young age. But most of these people burn out by 25, my friend. Most of these people burn out at 28 because they haven't lived life. It's easy to do a lot of stuff for God if you haven't lived yet because you have a... a, a, a um an immature way, not you, I'm talking about people have an immature way of understanding life, so they do a lot for God, but I see a lot of people start ministries young, and those ministries are not here no more, a lot of people who started things for God, they're not there no more, because they didn't understand spiritual warfare, they didn't understand uh, their authority in Christ, their righteousness in Jesus, they didn't understand those different things, so my advice to you is utilize your time to learn, because if you plan to earn for the kingdom of God, you got to learn about the kingdom of God, if you plan on earning, you got to learn. So in your 20s, my friend, take time to get to know God, get to know yourself and sharpen your craft. And when God is ready for you to do a mighty work for him, then he'll know where to find you. I feel like I'm doing nothing and don't know what to do specifically. Don't worry about doing anything. Just learn about, just take the time to make sure that you get to know God. I, I, I advise every young person. Every young person, the most important thing you must do now is to understand why you believe what you believe in apologetics, to deepen your fellowship with God, and to understand his word deeply, and the rest will take care of itself. It's in, you can't expect to go to a higher league if you don't first dribble. If you don't know how to dribble, if you don't know how to shoot, you can't expect to go to the NBA. So if you expect to do uh, a major things in a major way for God, you got to stick with the fundamentals, master your craft, uh, understand your master more. <laughs> (laughs) And then the rest will take care of itself, my friend. Jessica Reese says, how do you stop overthinking every social situation and embrace progress over perfection? Great question. How do you stop overthinking every social situation and embrace progress over perfection? Well, Jessica, my advice to you is simple. You have a mind, your mind shouldn't have you. You control your thoughts. And what you do is, is ask yourself, why are these social situations, social media, these things that surrounding my life so overwhelming? And when you begin to answer that question, that heart issue, you'll begin to see, well, maybe I'm idolizing something. Maybe I'm not content with where I'm at. Maybe I'm upset that God hasn't elevated me or promoted me yet. And so now all of a sudden, now I feel like that in order to catch up with everyone, I got to do things a certain time way. Uh, the good thing about life, like I told the brother before you, is that life is long if you let it be. Um, life becomes shortened when you're have when you short-sighted. But when you have destiny and a vision, you begin to think decades and not days. So when you begin to think days, then days become overwhelming. When you begin to think decades, it at least gives you a certain type of poise, a certain type of peace every day because you know that anything worth having is going to take time to understand how to master it. And so when you begin to overthink, you're overthinking because, because, because maybe your expectations are unrealistic. Um, 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 the, uh, the social situations are overwhelming because of the statuses of individuals. This person makes more money. This person has this, this man got his boo. She got her man. So now I'm overthinking to, if I do better for God, if I work faster or work better for God and God will do more things for me. No, the best things in life take time and and what you have to do is is why ask yourself why am i overthinking why does this matter to me so much and and what must i do um 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 to 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 embrace the moment so how do you stop overthinking every social situation is is to is your social situations become better when you are more sociable with God and sociable with yourself. The more you begin to understand God and that God is with you in every moment, then you won't have to worry about being overwhelmed. When you're social with yourself and you get to know yourself, then you will be yourself in every situation. Sometimes situations are overwhelming because we are have, we have been underwhelmed or we don't understand much about God and ourselves. And then we begin to act out of character and be overly progressive. And embrace progress over perfection. Perfection is unrealistic. You'll never be perfect. You will never be perfect in this life. So you have to give yourself grace. See, most of the time we don't we give everybody more grace than we give ourselves. We put all these expectations on ourselves and wonder why we burn out. I don't over expect out of my life. I just expect what God expects. And God's not expecting perfection. He only expected perfection from himself in the form of a man. He expects progress from the perfect one. So when you understand that you'll never be perfect, you will take your time. You will pace yourself because there's a lot of room to grow. Even if you reach this pinnacle of of perfection, you're going to realize or become disappointed and realize just how imperfect you are. So I will embrace God, embrace yourself and understand that your time will come, that you don't get, you don't have to get caught up in competitiveness and comparison, but know that your time will come if you just take the baby steps and progress. I'd rather for you to take your time and get there eventually than to race to a place and find yourself not being able to get there because of an accident. Hope that Sassy Saint, thank you for watching from Houston. Love you too. Love you too. Lakeish Tate says, hey coach, so I'm in a new relationship and he still has pics in his phone of his ex. He says it's because he doesn't think about them, but it's a red flag for me. What to do? You leave him alone. You know, it's hard to go to the next level for somebody who's still in the last level. And so if he still has pictures, no, I don't care what excuse a man gives or excuse a person gives. If they still have pictures or if they still looking up their ex, they haven't got over them. And what you caught, you caught him in a moment where he probably wasn't able to erase them or it was too much to erase him. And now he got caught. And so what I would do is I, before you get caught up, you, you catch, you catch the next train out. You catch the next train out of the relationship because, because at this point he needs to heal and it's unfair for you. And it's unfair for him, for y'all to be getting to know each other. If he hasn't got over the other person, because it's only going to make you, um, um internally compare. Uh, and that's not fair for any woman. It is not fair for any woman or man to compete with someone else when they're trying to build a companionship with the individual, <clears throat> because a lot of people do it. <clears throat> and what happens is, I think a lot of young, a lot of uh, people just don't understand the, the weight that it does, especially to a woman. I got to make sure my wife never feels that she's in competition with another woman because she's married to me. So there should be no other person that should make her feel that, that why is he looking at her page or why he's thinking about her or why does he still have pictures? That's unfair for her. And and what most men don't understand is that when you do things like that, you only hurt yourself. If your wife or girlfriend has a clear conscience and, they, and you are trustworthy, it benefits you in the long haul. If you build a, a, a trustable, a trustable, I think that's correct, uh um uh uh in a faithfulness man faithfulness will benefit you in the long run there's nothing worse than having a frustrated uh uh a woman a woman who's who's uh who's not secure because of your actions and so anytime a man makes you feel non-secure that man is not secure a man's ultimate objective outside of serving god is to make sure his woman always remains secure period the moment the woman is not secure that man is not secured because that man is secured he would have been over her and focused on you So that's a red flag um, um, uh, because anytime you even think, to ask a question like this, anytime you even see another woman on your man's phone, especially an ex or any woman, but especially an ex, that's going to always be in your in the back of your mind, keeping you from really trusting him. And so, it's just best to have have at least one conversation with him and say, "Hey, that this is how it made me feel." And until I, I and for you to have that phone, and don't don't listen to him because what he's going to say is, nah, I don't really mean anything." No, uh, uh, sometimes what you see is what you see. What you see is what it is. And sometimes people. People will try to divert you from what is really present to try to keep you present. But no, you have to remove your presence so they can clearly see why your presence is not there. And, and, and you have a conversation, hey, I didn't feel comfortable with your ex on the phone. I think we just need some time apart. I think you need some time to heal over your ex because there's a reason why she's still on your phone. And um, I don't feel comfortable. But. To really help you, is that you just you should entertain anyone except for the one God has for you, because you will avoid these different things. Now, will will the one God has for you make mistakes? You best believe it. Will the one God has for you will he will he will he be growing? Yes. Um, there was things that I've done that I grew that God gave me the grace to grow. But when it comes to those kind of things, um, it's best to have a conversation to see where his head at and make sure that you uh, uh, distance yourself for right now until he heals, because. Because obviously, if she's still in his phone and he and he's still not deleting them, um, then there's there's an issue there. Hope to help. your Love says, "Hey, Coach, man, I scrolled too far. There it goes. Give me one second. Hey, Coach, what would you do differently in your singleness now that you're married? Wow, great question. Um, what would I do differently? What I would do differently, uh, what, one of the biggest things of my singleness was anxiety. I had strong anxiety attacks. I, I overthought everything. If, what I would have done in my singleness differently was trust God. And it was not, not not just trusting God about a wife, uh, just trusting God for His timing. God's timing was the greatest lesson that I learned in my singleness. I I, I was like my young brother who's twenty. I was like I want to take over the world by twenty-five. Then when twenty-five got here, I was like I want to take over the world by thirty. And when thirty got here, I'm like wow. But but what but, but when I begin to process the perfect timing of God, oh man, it wouldn't have I wouldn't have been so worried about the ring. I wouldn't have been worried about when we're gonna get married. I wouldn't have worried about unnecessary things because where I'm at right now, I'm in complete, well, from my vantage point, I feel that I'm in complete trust in God or I've came within, I'm in a great place of contentment from my vantage point. Only God knows if I'm truly there. So I'm not sitting there saying I'm in perfect contentment. I'm in perfect peace because, because we don't know what tomorrow may bring, but I know God God is with us, But but I would have just rested more. I think that's the biggest lesson that if I was single, hindsight being twenty twenty, I wouldn't have had those anxiety attacks. I wouldn't have wasted many nights not going to sleep. I wouldn't have overthought certain situations because hindsight being twenty twenty, everything worked out. So my advice to everyone that's single is rest. God is very good. He is very good. He is always on time. He may not come when you want him. But he's always on time because when we think God should come, we, we're not ready for, for 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 his arrival or the arrival of the thing that we're asking for. And so the biggest lesson that I would have uh, uh, or the things I would have changed, I would have rested more. I wish I would have got more sleep in my singleness. I wish I would have got more rest in my singleness because when you're blessed by the blessing, when you bless, when you know the best can bless, you will take time to rest when you know the best who is God will bless you. You will rest because you will trust him. So that's the biggest thing I learned from my singleness, man, that I would have did different. I would have got more sleep. <laughs> I would have trusted God more, uh, because, um, I rushed a lot of things, uh, early on, like early twenties, but then later twenties, I began to understand God's timing. But now I'm at a place that I wish I have done that differently. That's a good question. But my advice to every single man is rest, enjoy the process, rest and enjoy the process because the process is what makes you uh, progress. you see what I'm the process is what ensures that you are mature, able to manage and a good steward. So enjoy the process and rest because that is what's going to make you your best for the for the future test. you see what I'm saying so rest up my friends rest up because, because when God gets you in to get to, when he gets you into what you're supposed to, it's going to take a lot of work. You're going to wish you rested more. So that's, that's a good question. That's my advice. Now that I'm married, I'm resting more. I'm trusting God more. And, and I wish I did a little bit more of that when I was single. Great question. J says, <clears throat> excuse me, I asked this before, but can you elaborate? If I don't go on dates with a godly man, how will I know my God sent husband, if that makes sense? That makes perfect sense, Kia. Uh, Let me elaborate a little bit more. Uh, There's nothing wrong with dating the one God has for you, but it has to be Certified by him and clarified by him. See, see, most people they think that um, that if 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 a godly man approaches me, then God sent them. No, there's a lot of good men. You don't want a good man. You want God's man. You see what I'm saying? You don't want a good woman. You want God's woman. Because there's a lot of good men out there. There's a lot of contrary to popular belief. There's a lot of good men. A lot of good women out there. But just because they're good, doesn't mean they're God for you. You know something They don't mean, mean that that's God's person for you. And so sometimes we sometimes the worst relationships is when you with a good person and they're godly because God is like, I mean, y'all both respect me, y'all both love me, but y'all wasn't meant for each other, and and that's a reality check that we have to understand, and even when you get around, because I think that's worse than being with a bad person, or a person that's not good for you, is when you look at a person, and you know deep down inside, God is like, that ain't the one, but they have all of the traits, and they're a good man, a good woman, but Y'all going in two different directions. That golly man must might have to go to Europe to do whatever. It might have to go to Africa, might go to Texas, and God called you to Florida. That ain't going to work. He called you to a global ministry, called him to missionary work. It just ain't gonna work. Even though y'all both love God and y'all are, are content and trust God, it's not gonna work. And so to answer your question specifically, you said, I asked this before, but can you elaborate? If I don't go on dates with a godly man, how to know my God, when you know God, you'll know, you'll know everything and you know. Right now, what you should do, my friend, is to get to know God. Because the more you deepen your know of him, the more you'll recognize everything else. And and that's what I learned in my life. Like, the home that we're in right now, the different things that... After, I'm about in my mature state, as I've grown with God... Because I know him, I know his residue. Since I, since I know him in relationship, I know his residue for me. I know what he has reserved for me because I know him. And it's easier that way. And, and the question you have to ask yourself is, can I trust God? Can I trust God to make this happen? Can I trust God to bring the one to me? Can I trust Him? And when you trust Him, you arrest, like I said. You will say, You know what, God? I trust you with this. I'm not going on dates with anybody because you're going to make it happen. Hindsight being 2020 from my marriage down to when we first met, I can connect the dots of God's handiwork. That is what keeps confirming me as He continues to work on us. As a couple, <clears throat> and that's important. You gotta see the hand of God, so that will keep your hands at bay, that will keep your heart at ease, and it will it will keep you on the right path. And so, I'm not sitting there saying that dating is is bad. I'm saying dating outside the one is bad because my wife go on dates, and I. Was, we would go on dates because that's important. But at the same time, um, there there, there are going to be a lot of godly men, a lot of godly women. There are going to be a lot of good men, a lot of good women out there, but that's not God's fit. God has one fit for you that's tailor-made for you so that your purposes can be cohesive and coherent and, and connected uh, for a specific assignment. And it's dangerous to even get with something good when it's not God's best for you. So date the one God has for you, but you have to trust him. Trust leads to rest, and rest keeps you from ruining things. You see what I'm saying? Uh, uh, trust, when you trust God, you rest. When you rest, you don't stress. And so don't worry about it. He's very good at matchmaking, Kia. Trust me, I'm a living witness. But you need God's confirmation because that makes you stay confident instinct because y'all gonna no matter if you get with a good person a godly person y'all still gonna go through stuff two people share. when was the last time you saw two people share one thing and everything was just perfect now y'all both coming into a marriage y'all gonna need god's confirmation to be like you know what i ain't gonna leave because this is god's this is this is who god has for me hope to help Lynn says how do you strengthen your spiritual life great question you strengthen it by spiritual tools Spiritual resources, just like it takes natural food to strengthen the body, it takes spiritual food to strengthen your spirit, man. Uh, when I read my Bible, it's as if I'm drinking a cold cold water after a hot day. It's like drinking a, a, a eating a hot meal after a long days of work. My spirit, man, is getting the opportunity to eat. Now, let's get more specific on how you strengthen your spiritual life. Number one, you strengthen it uh, um, by um, by spending time with God, you got to make time. You got anything you make time for, uh, you become you become greater with or greater at. But a lot of people don't spend time. If I don't spend time with my wife, we can be married, but but foreigners to each other. Because because one thing that I learned in life is that everything keeps changing. And as everything keeps changing, if I don't change with it, I will be out of the out of the uh, equation. And so, what I learned in life is I gotta stay attentive to my wife because she changes. She's gonna be a mother soon. She's gonna be this and that. And if I distract myself over here and don't engage in fellowship with her, that I will lose sight of God's progression. Or because just because I'm married, just because we're married doesn't mean God's sanctification is over. God is still sanctifying her. God is still sanctifying me. And if I don't stay in tune with her, I'm going to lose sight of her. That's the same with God. The more I engage with God, the more I get to know him, the more I become strengthened. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. And in the presence of the Lord, uh, uh what's the verse? There's uh, um, in the presence of the Lord is there is fullness of joy and the joy of the Lord is your strength. So real strength comes from joy in God. Joy in God comes from understanding God. Understanding God goes in getting to know God. So when you get to know him, you will understand him. When you understand him, he'll be your place of joy. And he, when he becomes your place of joy, you will become strengthened for life. It sounds so churchy and cliche, but it's real, um, All of us are looking for joy. There's three things that everyone is looking for. Four things. Everyone's looking for love. Everyone's looking for peace. Everyone's looking for joy. Hold on. Everybody's looking for love. Everybody's looking for peace. Everybody's looking for joy. And everybody's looking for, I think that's it. Three things. Everybody's looking for joy. Everybody's looking for peace. Everybody's looking for love. But all those things are only fine in the one above. And it's that simple. And the more you just say, God, show me any and everything in me that's keeping me from getting to know you, God will reveal that to you. And then you will find uh, a draw that draws you into his presence. And then you will be joyful. Like, it doesn't matter what happens in life. I'm always happy. Uh, or, or I Or I get myself a rebound back into a place of joy because of God. So number one, you strengthen yourself by strengthening yourself in, in the joy of God and in, in occupying his presence, embracing his presence, recognizing his presence. Number two, you, um, you increase or strengthen your spiritual walk by the word. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You have to get into God's word to strengthen your theology, to strengthen uh, 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 the facts. And what I will tell you is, Look up apologetics. Look up people like Ravi Zacharias. Look up people like Frank Turek. Um, look up people that talks about apologetics that makes the word become alive because there's nothing like understanding that this word is valid, that this word is the word of God, that there is logical reasoning that proves that the Bible is infallible, that it's a document breathed through imperfect man by a perfect God. And when you begin to see the validity of something, you take it more seriously. And so when you see the word of God as valid, then you like, I trust it. And if you trust it <clears throat> excuse me, you will believe what it says, and if you be believe what it says, you will apply it and you will see the fruit in your life, and it'll strengthen you, and you'll begin to bear the fruits of God, which is love, joy, peace, etc. etc. So, you strengthen your spiritual walk by doing the spiritual fundamentals, and that's simply getting to know your coach, getting to know God, he's your coach, uh, practicing the drills, getting into your word, understanding why you believe what you believe, and applying what you say. So, get to know God, get Get to know his word and apply it. Get to know your coach. Uh, uh, get to know the plays and run it on the court that's how you strengthen your life holy spirit what am i supposed to do this is what you do he'll bring you to the word he'll point you to christ and then he'll say apply this and as you begin to apply different things you become strengthened when you if you go to the gym and look at the weights you don't become strong it's when you apply the techniques that makes you strong so get into god's presence which is the gym uh and to engage with his coach which 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 is his spirit um look at look at the uh, uh regular and the, and the things he wants you to do, apply it. And then you'll find your spiritual becoming strengthened. And then you will begin to see your flesh follow suit and everything will progress accordingly. Thank you so much for giving. I don't know if you had a question. I, I'm, I'm learning about YouTube. Most people, uh, uh, they give and they try to give the, may ask questions. So oh, thank you. Uh, uh, high consciousness TV for giving. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Let's see what we got here. let me scroll back up. <clears throat> <clears throat> excuse me, favorite one says, do you think it's still possible to gain as much wisdom like Solomon if you ask God? Yeah, I believe it. I just think, uh, Solomon was a test that you can have all the wisdom in the world and not be wise. You see what I'm saying? I think what we have to understand is that we have the, we have the embodiment of his wisdom, which is his spirit. So right now with his spirit in you, you are wiser than Solomon. And what I mean by that you have at least, uh, a uh, um, you may not be able to build a temple like solomon or whatever but you have a unique way of exhibiting god's wisdom through his spirit um, but that's what i did when i was a young boy I, you know what i'm saying i don't i don't i don't got no i don't got no uh, all the money like solomon had but that was a different era but i when i was young boy and i heard the story about solomon i said god i want to be wiser than him and i don't know where his unique wisdom came from i know where it came from but i know that i asked god for a double portion i said i want to i want double Um, I want double than what Solomon had wisdom wise. I want, I said, I want, I want it all. I want. I want to be your best friend. You see what I'm saying? And I and I'm seeing that manifesting in my life. So ask him and see what God does. There's nothing wrong with asking God for more wisdom, <clears throat> but He won't give you no more than you can bear. And I think that's where He's at right now. Solomon had too much wisdom. It was too much for him to bear. Because look at what it happens to his. Look what happened to his life. But right now, God will. He says, if you lack wisdom by anything, come ask me. God wants relationship and fellowship. Because because I learned in life that. There's two things. You can either pay for wisdom or you can get wisdom for free. People pay for wisdom, but I want relationship that gives me free wisdom. You see what I'm saying? Because when you're around a person, they'll drop gems. You see what I'm saying? That's why I <clears throat> it's kind of strange when people... um, um. Uh, don't really under or respect or understand my presence. Like I come with a unique set of skills, a unique set of wisdom. And 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 sometimes people want wisdom quick, but they don't want you. But when you realize the more you get to know the person who holds the wisdom, that person gives you wisdom freely because of the relationship. And you don't have to worry about paying no money. But uh but that's how God is. God's like, hey man, if you lack wisdom, come asking me. And and I think you can be wise uh, uh beyond measure. Uh, but it won't be beyond the measure you able to manage. And I think that's the difference between Solomon and us is that God is not going to give us all the wisdom um, without maturity. So go ahead and ask him and see what he does. I did. And you see where I'm at. Thank you for asking, man. Good question. Uh, Let's see where we at. How can I get you as a coach? Ah, thank you for asking. Thank you for saying that. I did this whole video and then say starting Um, This month, actually, I'm going to be life coaching. If you want me as a life coach, um, go to my website, IamUnplugged.com. Go to the Custom Coaching tab. Email me. Right, I said this. I talked to my wife, and we and I said, you know what? I feel like I need a life coach, and I was gonna wait till the summer, but I'm gonna do it now. Um, I'm in a great place right now. I feel like I can find some balance now. Don't get me wrong. Um, it's gonna be a lot of y'all. I have a lot of people who's already in there. But send me, uh, uh um, um, what's going on? Let me know your budget. Your budget determine what type of custom coaching service you get. Um, so I'm not going to tell you what my fee is because, because I, uh, I want to help people. Um, cause for what, I, for what I really offer is, is pretty, ex- you know, I won't say expensive, but it's valuable. Um, but I want to make sure I reach the people that I am called to reach. And so whatever you are able to do, if, if I'll custom a time frame for you, whether it be uh, 30 minutes, 20 minutes, 45 minutes an hour, hour and a half based upon your budget. <clears throat> but you'll still get the same OG. You still get the same OG. You'll still get Coach Josh. You get you get but you get Coach Josh for that 20 minutes, 30 minutes because you know, I got a life and all that kind of and a wife. And um and I don't want no strife. And so <laughs> so so I got to be wise. So whatever your budget is, let me know your time frame, let me know what you want coaching for and I and I and I'll make time for you. So that's your question sassy saying, "How can I get you as a coach?" Message me, send me your budget, send me what you're able to do per session. And it's for everyone watching right now. Send me what you can do for your session. And uh, if your time and days work for me, and and most of the things I do, so I don't think what coach, coach ain't going to want to work with me. Nah, I'm led by the Spirit. So if you hear from me, it's because the Spirit of God said that person. And that doesn't mean you're not supposed to, because people who messaged me um, months before, and I contacted them maybe two months later, and it was the time for me to coach them. Because I'm in partnership with the Holy Spirit. You may think you need me as a coach now, but God wants to coach you real quick to get you to a place where you're ready for what I have to offer you, but, but go ahead and send me your emails. Now. I am unplugged.com. Go to the custom coaching tab. Um, send me a message, send me an email and, uh, let me know what you're able to do and I'll do the best that I can do. So, um, yeah, and I got you. Natalie C says, how do I let go of someone? I thought I was the love. I thought, there was the love of my life. He left me two months ago and we haven't spoken in two months. I don't know how to let go. Great question. First off, um, sometimes when someone lets go, that's a sign of liberation. Uh, Rejection is your protection and rejection is your projection. You see what I'm saying? And so you won't be able to project who you need to be. You won't be able to be protected if that person was still there. And so the best advice I can give you right now is to write down why that person means so much to you, why that person is so uh, uh, because usually it's not the person, it's the idol in the heart. Uh, most people think, well, I can't live without you. I can't live without him. And it's not because of the him. It's who that him represents. It's what that person represents. And that person represents what you idolatry, idolatry, idolatrously, idolatrously, desired. And so look at your heart and say, okay, but but it could be just a normal wound. I'm not saying saying it's an extreme as an idol, but that's where you can sort your heart and say, you know what, do I really like this guy? Because when you take a good hard look at a person and look at them, you'll be like, I'm crying tears over this person. <clears throat> I'm losing sleep over this person. If you get a good hard look at the person that left you, if you get a good hard look at your ex But before you look at them, you got to look at yourself. Because when you look at yourself, let me give you the proper order. When you look to God, God will say, look at you. When you look at you, he'll say, look at them. And then you'll see, oh, that's why. They're not in my life. Because when you look up to him asking for help, he'll say, look at your heart. He's going to be like, this is why you are so in, infatuated with this person. And he'll be like, man, I really got an idol problem. Oh, I really got an insecurity problem. Oh, I really got a low self-esteem problem. Oh, man, I got some self-hatred in my heart. Oh, man, I got some... uh, uh um, Depression there, and that's what's causing me to be attached to this person. Because I began because I thought this person would give me the hope. And sometimes we hurt ourselves by putting too much expectation on people. Sometimes when we put the wrong expectation on people, good people leave and bad people leave. You know why? Good people. There's a lot of people who put bad expectation on good people, and that person is like, I can't handle you because you're making me more than what I need to be. Or you got people that was like, you know what? I got my full. I'm done. And I'm out. So we disappoint ourselves. when We're like, "Oh, that's my husband. That's my wife." And God's like, "No, they're not even that supposed to be that in your life." But you begin to think so much of them that when those people leave, you forgot about how enough God is for you. When God is enough, you don't have to. You won't worry about those kind of that kind of stuff. But you got to get a look at God. God, I'm looking to you. I was looking at them and not looking at you. I'm looking to you. And God will say, look inside your heart. You'll look inside your heart and you'll look at them and, and, and figure out and understand why y'all are apart. Because when you look at your heart, you'll see the reasons why you are apart from them. And you'll be like, you know what, God, I thank you. Because that rejection led to your protection and that protection led to your projection. And now you became better from it than being bound by it. It's better to become better from something than be bound by something that wasn't meant for you. So how do I let go of someone I thought was the one you thought? There's a difference between thinking and knowing. The person you have from you comes from a knowing, a knowing that comes from knowing God. And when you know God, you will have a deeper knowing and you'll begin to recognize what God has foreknown about you. And then you'll be like, that's for me. But you'll keep that quiet because you trust God for the manifestation. So the reason why we find ourselves the way we, where we are is because we thought something was it versus consulting God about it and, and seeing what he says about it. I thought I lost lost. The love of my life, he's not your love of your life. That's the problem. That's the, He's not the love of your life. God's the love of your life. The other people are just resources of that love, byproducts of that love. God is the love of your life. Not no man, not no woman. So when you make a man or woman the love of your life, you just told God that you second fiddle, you second class. God is saying, I'm the love of your life. Everybody else is a byproduct of that love. God loves you. That's why he gave Jesus. God loves you. That's why he gives you someone. As companion to fulfill a purpose, but they cannot be the love of your life. They just a part of God's love. They just a part of the love of your life that God blesses you. He left me two months ago, and we haven't spoken in two months. That right there lets you know that lets you know everything you need to know. If they move on, let them move on. If they haven't communicated with you, you have to occupy that space. That's what you have to do. There's a space that that person occupied when y'all was with each other. Y'all spent whatever day, whatever time of the week, or whatever that y'all spent time with each other, you have to occupy that area with content. And what I mean by that is contentment comes from em- for uh, fulfilling empty spaces with content. You got to be productive in this season. You got to begin to get to know God and find your purpose. I got... Uh, two videos I want you to watch for my Purpose Singleness course. Your singleness has a purpose, and I want you to write down how to discover, uh, look at the video, how to discover your purpose, and then you will begin to find yourself within the proximity of your purpose, and then you will fill that empty space with content, and that content, which is getting to know God, getting to know yourself, will then produce contentment because you'll be too productive to be pondering about a person that left you two months ago. Hope to help. How you let it go, you let it go, you let that person go by 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 getting into your show, getting into what you're supposed to do, getting involved with you and the things of God. And that person, you'll begin like, who was that person I was dating? And you'll begin to move on. Uh, let's see. Okay, let me see Myra because it was blocked, but I'm gonna read it right now. My my godmother's mom has ALS. My godmother passed away from colon cancer and now my grandmother's mom is on her own. Been helping her as much as I possibly can, but I'm starting to feel drained. Great question, Myra. God's grace is sufficient for what he wants you to do. And right now I would ask, God, what is my part in the, in my family's life? Um, there's two things you have to process. Number one, is this what I'm supposed to be doing, God? Number two, if this is what I'm supposed to be doing, God, this just may just be a moment of 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 weakness. You know, it's something that God wants you to do, whether it's family, whether it's friend, whether it's whatever. When you are supernaturally um, energized for it, when you don't feel like doing, you are you are able to do it through the help of the Holy ghost. Um, but, but first you got to make sure you find balance. Um, if you feel like that you're doing too much and it's been months and years, you got to be like, All right, man, I got to balance this out. But if it's just the beginning of it, then, then the Holy spirit will help you. if That's what you're supposed to do, but make sure you take care of you. Number one. So if you feel drained, you got to have a good, good, long conversation with God, a good season of, of of process and say, okay, God, am I doing too much? Am I too emotionally involved? And sometimes it's not that you physically drain, it's the emotions and the mind that's drained. And you got to make sure you couple this physical exertion with mental and emotional ease through exercise, through eating better, to to help supplement the, 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 pressure of this moment. And hopefully uh, over time it will find itself sustaining itself. Um, and it, because sometimes God will put your situations because he knows he needs someone to get things done. But, but if it's, but if it's, you feel like it's killing you and it's draining you, that's when you got to look down and say, in what areas in this situation am I doing too much or trying to be too much like God? And, and, and if, if family's pulling on you too much and you noticing what you're supposed to be doing, God will take care of them. But you, you ain't going to be able to take care of them if you don't take care of you. So I will ask God, am I doing the most right now? Am I doing too much? Am I overdoing it? Um, um, um Where am I overdoing? Where can I find a balance? Where can I pick my pockets? And just because you're a good person in the family doesn't mean you're supposed to be drained by everybody else. Um And, and that's when you might be like, hey, little Juju you know, this, your, this, your family too. I need your help. You need to help. And cause some people, people will pull on you because, because of how nice you are, but you cannot lose yourself in helping everyone else. You know what I'm saying? So I would talk to God and process everything and see where he wants you to be and ask yourself, am I doing the right thing, but the wrong way? You see what I'm saying? But sometimes you could be doing what God wants you to do, but you're doing too much. And God is there to help you in the process. My godmother's mom, has ALS. My grandmother passed away from colon cancer. Now my godmother's mom is on her own. They help her as much as I possibly can, but I'm starting to feel drained. Um, is she able to take care of herself? Is there other family members around? Does she have a church community that can help support? Um, I will start asking all these different questions to see who else can possibly help. Uh, but talk to God and he'll got leading guys to the truth that you need to know so that you don't find yourself burnt out and, and, uh, all over the place. Hope to help. Kayla Edmondson says, coach, thank you for all your wise wisdom you share. appreciate you separated from boyfriend. I'm so, I'm so glad. Hey, <clears throat> I'm so glad that this, uh, these content is helping you. Um, and I pray it keeps helping you. I don't know if you have another question. Let me scroll down and see. Oh, here we go. Uh, coach, thank you all for you. Thank you for all your wise wisdom you share. God gets the glory. I appreciate you separated from my boyfriend. I'm separated from my boyfriend. How do you deal with the past memories and stop dwelling on how much you love and miss them because the hurt can be unbearable often? Great question. Kind of what I said to the young lady before is that you got to rethink Train your mind to view God the way He was supposed to be viewed from the beginning. And um, the reason why we are drastically disappointed by people is because we really haven't embraced the person of God. The more you begin to understand that He's a present help in a time of trouble and that He's supposed to be the center focus of your life, and everything else kind of comes in focus in His providential timing, then you won't put false expectations on people. What happens to a lot of, of people is that in their sin. They have deep desperate desires for love. And then when a person looks like love comes into the equation, that person latches onto them strongly. And then when that person has had their full or they're just too full of you and it's too much going on and they leave, you utterly cast down, you deep in frustration, your feelings are over the place because your mind hasn't been rooted, your mind hasn't been anchored. Now, you got to take control of your mind by reverse engineering your thoughts about the whole situation. Sometimes when you leave thoughts in your mind, they'll they'll make you go crazy. But when you put those thoughts on paper, you will see just how crazy those thoughts are. You're not crazy. Those thoughts, entertain those thoughts made you kind of crazy. But, but when you see those thoughts in your paper, you like, okay, let me examine my boyfriend. Let me examine my ex-boyfriend. What did he really bring to the table? Um, was he really a God-fearing man? Did he cause me to compromise? Did he cause me um, to not be my best self? Was he was he just there for the for the goods and not there for my ultimate good? And you begin to look at those different things, and you begin to see the facts behind those feelings. But you know what, God, you're right. I was idolizing this guy or the idea of a person. It's not the individual; it's the ideal behind the individual. Now, what does that mean? It's not really the individual that causes us to be infatuated, it's the ideals we have about the individual, meaning that the idea of that person being a husband, the idea, the fantasy, the thought processes of what it would be like to be married, and then you start thinking about how many kids you have, and he's just talking about how good the burger was, you over there thinking about how great of a mother she'll be, and all she's talking about is what she studied in college. And so you begin to think about the idea of the person and not the individual, and then when the individual is plain sight. The ideas start having you put a false expectation on an individual, and an individual is like, Man, this is too much for me to bear. Or the individual takes it's his fool, or her fool, and it leaves you abandoned. That's the dangers of ideas. The idea of love is not. The same as the individual that God would have you be in love with. Because when you with the person, that person has flaws. That person has fears. That person has frustrations. That person has f- the things they love to do for fun. You know what I'm saying? And if you have this constant idea of a person, but you're not looking at the individual, then you're going to be infatuated until real life marital relationship stuff happens. And then you're like, whoa, snap. Whoa, Jack. See what I'm saying? So... Yeah. It's going to be right now. You're going through the withdrawal period. You separated from your boyfriend. How do you deal with the past memories? You changed the way you look. That was a period in time of a place to learn. If you want to earn, you got to learn. And if life is not about wins and losses, it's about wins and lessons, my friend. So my advice to you is to look at that, look at all the memories and say, you know what? Because sometimes we can monument memories that was some that was meant to be broken down and what I mean by that is we make memories into idols we make memories into places of 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 where I was my best versus what new memories can I make don't worry about old memories make new memories with you and God and with you and yourself and those memories would just be reference points of how to apply differently in a new relationship uh, I'm separated from my boyfriend. How do you deal with the past memories and stop dwelling on how much you love and miss them? First off, if you your time is your life. You dwell on stuff, you dwell on stuff. Um when you find yourself dwelling on stuff and you're not dwelling on your stuff, then something's missing. You have to look at your life and be like, "Okay, what am I supposed to do here?" It's easy it, it becomes easier to get over a person when you are productive in your purpose, it's, it becomes easier the more you are productive. If you want to get over a person, get to know the person, God, get to know yourself as a personality and be productive, then that person will be an afterthought. So you got to say, OK, what am I dwelling on? And you got to be intentional in dwelling on the things that God wants you to dwell on and progress accordingly. Uh, it's unbearable right now. It's hurting now because you're going through the withdrawal period. The withdrawals is what draws you back into losing your draws sometimes. And you got to deal with the withdrawal period aggressively, intentionally, fervently, and precisely by doing this. This is how you handle a withdrawal period of a breakup. Number one, <clears throat> you got to understand that things don't break apart. Uh, some things don't fall apart. They fall into place. you get over, you can overcome the withdrawal period by understanding that God's hand is in the mix, that God is breaking things apart to build you into the peace that you need to be. So what you do, number one, is this. Let me back up. How to handle the withdrawal period of a breakup. Number one, you got to get a grip of yourself. You got to sit yourself down and then you examine yourself. Examine everything about the person. Find the facts. That will that will go against your feelings. Because what most people do is I look at the feelings, I look at the feelings, I look at the feelings, I look at the feelings. Oh, you gotta find the facts behind the You gotta get a grip of yourself. Stop, stop, think, process. Why am I so caught up in this person? And then you, as, and you gotta, you gotta almost materialize it. You gotta put it in paper, put it on your dashboard, put it on the mirror in your bathroom, put it in your glove compartment. So when you have a bad moment, you can bring the facts out. And, but that's why they're not in my life. What helps me when, when my body feels weird is that I find the facts. Oh, that's right. Did I drink water today? Instead of me going instead of going to WebMD thinking I got cancer, thinking I'm thinking I'm going crazy, I just think about did I drink enough water today? Did I take care of the basics today? And when I have those facts, it'll keep me from being anxious about, oh snap, I got cancer in the lungs. No, you don't got cancer. You just need to probably drink some water. You need to probably just go exercise. See what I'm saying? So what you do is you find the facts behind the feelings. Number two, how to get through the withdrawal period is you gotta, you gotta, you gotta just really get in um to your purpose heavily. I'm telling you that's what helped me with a lot of things in my life. I I, I uh, found found the facts behind the feelings. I began to get to know God better. Um, and then the third thing, I got productive in my purpose. That's what man, where do you think these 6 books came from? You see what I'm saying? You got to turn your pain into paper. Ooh, you got to do- Has Adele Doc taught you something? Has these artists taught you anything? You got to turn your pain into paper And that's what I did I turned my pain into paper as in books And I made those books turn into money And now all that stuff makes me laugh Because that's how funny it was Money has a way of making you (laughs) (laughs) look What I'm saying is Turn your pain into paper Find a way to be productive. Find your way to make residual income, residual impact from the impacts that you had in your past and keep it moving. And that's how you're going to periods. Hope to help. But y'all, I've been going for 51 minutes. I'll probably do another live Q&A um, probably tomorrow. I know tomorrow, Monday, I'm going to do a little bit more live Q&As, but I have to shorten them. I've been doing them for so long, like two hours, an hour and a half. I am I was trying to do 30 minutes, but I did 51. But I pray these, Um, this was a blessing. Um, if you want life coaching, contact me. <clears throat> send me your budget, send me what you can do at Iamunplugged.com. Now i love to help you. Y'all be blessed. I'll see y'all next time. Uh, books online, purpose of singleness, book on singleness, purpose of freedom, book on soul ties and strongholds, dating prep, book on peop- people people dating themselves, love of their life. Um, uh, World War Me is a book on spiritual warfare that I wrote. All these books I wrote for y'all. You can get them on Amazon now. Go to my website and get the links to that, but go to Amazon type Joshua Ezzi. um, Um card games are on my website, courses on my website, resources for your life. So check them on my website. I'll see you soon. Y'all be blessed. If you want to donate to our mentoring program, you can. We start in March. We'll start in February with my wife and I are, are process of getting some things done right now. So we moved it to March. And um, yeah, that's how you support me, what I do. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. See you next time. Peace.